Bring the Bose experience to your small meeting spaces with Bose Video Bar VBS. VBS is an all-in-one USB conferencing device. It's the simple way to bring premium audio and video to your meetings. Learn more at pro.bose.com slash radio. G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here, and welcome to season two of Grow Your Brand, the coronavirus response business podcast. Firstly, I just want to say I hope everyone's holding up okay. In my last episode, I mentioned that we may continue to do more podcast episodes on how businesses can respond to the coronavirus. And and since that episode released uh, just a week ago, so much has changed, both at a local level here in Australia and internationally as well. So I've decided to make last week's episode the first episode in this series for season two uh, that we're now putting together to really provide you with free and always free insights that will help you navigate this time. Now, I realise that season one has come to a bit of an abrupt halt and we were working through some really foundational pillars for brand growth, which is still very important. So as I mentioned in the first newsletter we sent out earlier this week, I will go back and continue to add to this season where possible and you'll receive updates about these episodes in the newsletter as well. If you're not already subscribed to our mailing list, just visit the newsletter subscription link in the show notes and you'll receive an update whenever an episode is released, along with some other tips and articles and resources. So our goal right now with this season is to help your business stay primed, proactive and progressing throughout the health crisis with absolutely no cost to you or your business. And together with the help of the experts we interview, we'll do everything we can to get the most useful insights to you as events unfold every week. And to that end, I feel very honoured to announce that Neil Patel, creator of Ubersuggest, will be joining me on the show next week to share his insights in a conversational interview format. And I'm very much looking forward to sharing that with you. All resources, articles and links mentioned in today's show, along with links to find out more about the experts featured, are also available in the show description. So in today's episode, we're going to start talking more about business opportunities and the role each of us play as business leaders and employers in positively shaping what I've called the new future of work. But just before we get on to that, I think it's important we talk about our mental well-being. Because a lot of us right now, understandably not only feel fearful, but also unmotivated. And when we feel unmotivated, it is really difficult to seize opportunities as they arise. Workplace performance and resilience expert Violet Rainwater explains. When people's future or work in business feels uncertain, what happens to their motivation? It becomes a lack of motivation. On a scale of one to 10, it becomes a zero. If we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, We must remember that in today's environment, the very basic needs of safety, of financial security are being threatened. And so there is no possibility for motivation unless those basic needs are met. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a concept that was touched on by Inspire Me founder Robin Miles in our last episode. And it also has come up again a few times in this episode. So I just want to take a moment to explain what this actually means and what it looks like. In short, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a framework that was developed by Abraham Maslow in the 1940s, and it has been a foundational idea that later psychological frameworks and marketing frameworks as well have been built on. The framework involves these five levels of needs that we each have as human beings, and it's set up in a pyramid with the bottom of the pyramid covering our basic needs and the top of the pyramid our growth needs. 
So at the bottom of the pyramid, we have our basic physiological needs, our need to eat, breathe, sleep, drink water, all the things that keep our body going. And working our way up from here, the second level is safety and security. So things like shelter and income. Then above that, love and belonging. Level four is self-esteem. And then the final level, level five, right at the top, is self-actualization. This idea of reaching a point where we truly know ourselves and are able to unlock our full potential. Level one to level four of this pyramid are known as deficiency needs. And it can be difficult to move towards self-actualization when the other levels aren't satisfied. However, as Violet Rainwater explains, there are actions we can take to bring ourselves back into that growth needs state and keep ourselves motivated. Being someone who has been through uh, the 08 and 08, 01 market correction, and I didn't have tools, I didn't have leaders that gave me tools, I can tell you without a doubt that there is something we can do to stay motivated and proactive, and that is by really tuning into what's going on inside. While we don't have control of our outer world, we absolutely do have control of our inner world. And so it's times like this where mindfulness, meditation, and breath work is so important because it calms the nervous system. I'm always talking about the nervous system when things are chaotic because the nervous system, when it's calm, it sends a message to the brain of order. And what's happening right now is because so many people are in fear, it's sending a message to the brain of disorder. And that makes everything much worse. And we're unable to see any opportunities because uh, unlike what many people think, there's massive opportunity. So what are these opportunities? And is it feasible to be adopting the kind of growth mindset we need in order to seek out these opportunities? I asked marketing strategist, customer experience and digital transformation expert, Floris Block, to share his perspective. Our normal behaviours have all been disrupted. Our lives, our norms, our values, everything is being tested. Organisations need to show empathy in that regard because it is morally and ethically correct, but it's also, I believe, good business. People, business leaders, entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, everyone should have and always have a growth mindset. I believe it stems from having a positive attitude towards life, towards challenges, but most importantly, I think it's a drive to move forward. Now, having said that, the current crisis is not one of our own making, and it is for now a reality. It's our reality, and it has been imposed on us. And with it comes reduced revenue, reduced cash flow, and other major concerns such as business continuity plans, and most importantly, how to deal with an organization's staff. The Australian economy is what, primarily SMB, around 65% if memory serves, uh, employing 10 to 15 people. Uh, when everything is on lockdown, hospitality, service vendors, etc., they all take a hit. A friend of ours in the hospitality business in South Australia is already at the brink of bankruptcy, and it's painful to hear and see. Um, look at what's happening to the airline industry, and these are some major corporations. So a growth mindset can only be applied, in my opinion, to what organizations can do this instant, this day, this week. Cash flow, of course, is a major concern right now for many businesses. And as we heard from Menno Middledorp, the chief economist of Rabobank, in our last episode, governments are taking steps to protect businesses and their staff and the economy as a whole. I asked Ian McLaughlin, Director of Imperium Accounting and Tax Chartered Accountants, to share what businesses can do to manage their cash flow right now. I do need to mention 
that for Ian's commentary throughout the podcast, as he will be providing updates on what has been put in place for Australian businesses, that the information he shares is not to be taken as tax advice and it is to be used as a guide only. Businesses need to make sure that they are doing a stress test on their cash flow. And this is what I'm doing with clients at the moment, to making sure that they can get through this crisis. And what we've got to remember here is that this will pass. This is not going to be around forever. And that's been proven. Um, So businesses need to innovate and change the way that they do business. I'll give you an example. The local cafes around my area, okay, they've been closed but they are still able to serve takeaway. So the inside of the restaurant is closed. They've got a window open. They're serving the food and the coffees out the window. Okay, so they're able to keep in operation. Gyms, they're closed as well. I've got two gyms that are currently, they've moved to online, so live streaming. So there would be one instructor in the gym, that's it. And they're live streaming the class that the class can potentially do at home. Another one has set up virtual gym rooms. Now, obviously, there's a fair bit of investment that would need to go in in that. Another one is doing, they've taken it all outdoors, obviously, with keeping the social distancing rules in in place. So they've taken their classes outside, doing it in a nice big open area, make sure that people are keeping a a nice, safe distance apart. Um, But once again, before you know, you do any of these things, you need to make sure that you are within the regulations. But that's one of the biggest things. I think businesses need to find a way to to, to innovate. Uh, just last night, I was reading that Zara, you know, the big Spanish uh, clothing chain, they have, or not chain, sorry, clothing business, they have started to develop their own masks. So you're going to be able to buy Zara masks. So businesses need to learn to innovate quickly in a way that they've never innovated before. And you know what? This might have really good effects for some businesses because if they learn to innovate now, then this might prove to them that they can cost save down the track and then they can also get a jump on their competitors because they're going to be leading the way in the market. So what can you do to lead the way in the market? This is something we're going to focus more and more on as the series progresses with tactics and resources that are available to access for free or with minimal monetary investment. One platform in particular that is already proving to be extremely valuable at this time is LinkedIn. I asked LinkedIn profile writer and LinkedIn online coach Karen Tisdall to explain more about the opportunities the platform presents to businesses. There's a lot of change and uncertainty going on at the moment. A lot of businesses are struggling and I do appreciate that. However, there are also really great opportunities for people to network and to collaborate on platform. There's tremendous opportunities on LinkedIn to bring us together um, to cooperate. When we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, what people actually need, which is all around uh, physical safety. It's also around our physiological needs. Um, One of the core components to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I think it's third in the triangle actually from the top, is uh, belonging and connectedness. So it is a human trait to want to connect and to want to have a sense of community. And we can achieve that online by ensuring that we do connect with our customers, both our current customers, but also let's not forget our lapsed customers. Now is the perfect time to reach out, check that you've connected with customers who you maybe haven't spoken to for two, three or four years. 
check that you're connected with them and send them a note or better still use the voicemail function which is available on LinkedIn mobile and send your lapsed customers your old customers a voicemail note hi you just popped into my my head and I'm wondering how you're going and how business is um, you know let me know if you're ever up for a chat just wondering how you're going so I think there's great opportunities on LinkedIn to go really gently gently to rekindle relationships uh, to deepen existing relationships and also to prospect and uh, again I'd emphasize gently gently it's about really tapping into that need to connect that need to collaborate and communicate at a time when a lot of people are self-isolating potentially self-isolating with either only their family members to talk to or perhaps nobody to talk to so it's a great time to be reaching out on LinkedIn and building those relationships and the opportunities don't stop there Loris Block points out that for some businesses, this can be a time to look inwards and focus on the important but not urgent tasks that are often difficult to get to. Assuming an organization is not on the brink of bankruptcy, why not deal with that to-do list that has been on your desk for the last year or two? Or better yet, all the elements from the urgent important matrix, sometimes referred to as the Eisenhower decision matrix, why not deal with some of the important but not urgent tasks? I believe organizations have a great opportunity for the next couple of weeks, hopefully no longer, uh, to look inwards and try and make improvements in preparation for the recovery. By eliminating those pesky tasks that have been lingering for a while, an organization can be much better prepared when normality returns and the focus would be on outwards activities again, like customer relations, business development, network building events, meetings, travels, etc. So for now, hunker down, focus inwardly on internal growth and success. Make sure you follow all the guidelines from state and federal governments, health and otherwise. Additionally, important, keep a track of what stimulus packages they have on offer so that organizations can apply for them ASAP. When I spoke with Ian McLaughlin earlier this week, I asked him to explain more about the Australian government's decisions made the day prior on the 22nd of March. It's a good question, Lauren. So yesterday, the government announced phase two of their coronavirus stimulus package. Um, and look, the measures announced aren't going to please a lot of businesses. A lot of businesses out there are wanting cash injections. Unfortunately, at the moment, that isn't the case. So the major one that businesses need to look out for is what they call the boosting the cash flow for employees. Now, the way this is going to work is we're going to get a rebate on your activity statement tax account for 100% of the pays you go withholding, which is a tax paid on your staff wages for the March quarter bass, the June quarter bass, and then you're going to get that same amount that you've received in the March and June quarter basses in your September bass. Now, I'll just give you a word of warning here. There is a limit there of $50,000, okay? So I'll give you an example. Say for the sake of the argument, in your March bass, you withhold $25,000. The ATO will then credit your activity statement account by $25,000, which is 100% of that figure. Then in the June bass, if you withhold $25,000 again, the same thing will happen. Your account on the ATO will get credited by $25,000. Now, 
there you've reached your $50,000 threshold. Now, in your September BAS, regardless of whatever figure you lodge for your pay-as-you-go withholding on your employees' wages, you will receive the total amount that you received in the March and the June BAS. So in this example that I've given, you'd receive another $50,000 as a credit on your activity statement account with the ATO. So that's where they get to the $100,000. Now look, there's many um, different scenarios here on how this could work. So it's best to get advice from your accountant as to how this is gonna work before proceeding and before factoring that into your cash flow. If the employer is employing staff, then that's where they're gonna get the benefit. So a sole trader is not gonna get those benefits that I just talked about. A sole trader, they've announced, is gonna get uh, early access to their superannuation. So they will be able to pull out $10,000 worth of superannuation in the 2020 financial year, and then another $10,000 in the 2021 financial year. Now, this is all dependent on a number of factors, okay? So you have to prove that your income has gone down by more than 20%. As an example, if last year you turned over $100,000 and then this year you turned over $79,000, you would fall below that 20%. So you would be eligible to pull that money out of superannuation. One of the other um, uh, areas that the government has introduced, which in my opinion isn't a very good one, is the what they call the increase to the instant asset write-off. So now look, previously, the rules were in place that any asset that was purchased before 30 June, if it cost under $30,000, then that asset would be 100% deductible in the 2020 tax return. They've increased that to $150,000. Now, once again, this is what the government calls a stimulus package, but it's really just a tax break. And you really have to look hard at whether you're going to pursue this one because it's going to have a significant effect to your cash flow because in order to get this tax break, you need to outlay the money in the first place. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now Sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with queen mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep. So what businesses need to do, Warren, is they need to sit down with their accountant, and this is what I've been doing with my clients all this week, and it will probably go on for the next couple of weeks. They need to sit down and look at these measures that the government has introduced, and they need to work them to their advantage. These are tax breaks and the tax system is designed that you need to have a look at it, understand how it works to your situation, and then come up with a strategy with cash flow in mind to ensure that you are receiving the maximum benefits because the ATO isn't going to do it for you. You need to make sure you get the proper advice. Again, just a reminder that this is a guide only and should you require tailored advice, please contact Ian directly. There is a calendar link in the description of this podcast to book in an initial complimentary consultation with Ian. Now, I realise that not everyone listening to this podcast is in Australia, but from a global perspective, it's important for us all to understand Ian's last point about seeking the right advice. 
This isn't just for managing businesses' finances, but for taking action on our informed decisions for swift innovation. Violet reminds us that to be motivated to seize opportunity, it's important for us to remember what we can control. Floris Block outlines a number of steps we can take to transform and innovate quickly, whilst also taking care of our staff. First point, look at your processes, look at your digital solutions, look at your e-tools and see what needs improvement. Talk about them with your team, with IT, engage with consultants or even managed service providers. Why not run a couple of design uh, thinking sprints, right? Innovate and ideate. Start working on these new solutions even if cash is low. Maybe you can negotiate a deferred payment scheme or a 90-day payment term. Um, I'm sure the consultants like myself and other businesses are in the same boat and would rather continue working with businesses instead of being completely inactive. Again, following the health and health guidelines from the government and making sure that staff are not put in harm's way. Another point, activate learning and development programs uh, for your employees and for yourself, of course, now that the workload has been reduced. Um, Another point, enable employee empowerment so that employees who have dedicated more than 50% of their day to working at the office and so little to their personal lives, maybe now they can actually focus on their families. They will come back to work energized, happy, and therefore more productive. So definitely something that is needed after this storm passes. Mentally, we all need a break, but we also need to figure out how we survive and get out of it. Another point is um, enable remote working. Whether it's called remote working, working from home, distributed teams, asynchronous working, all terms that basically mean the same. People working elsewhere than at the office. For some, this is very new. For others like me, it's the norm. There will be some challenges, both for the organization to provide the tools necessary for employees to work from home and a challenge for the employees to balance family life and work life at home. The risk here is the further blurring of the lines between work and private, which is already an, an alarming issue caused by the evolution of smartphones, tablets, laptops, and increasingly unrealistic managerial expectations. In France, for example, there are now laws in place that prohibit an organization from communicating with employees outside of office hours. It has gone so bad, they actually drafted laws against it. So for more details on remote working, do a Google search or read my many articles on the subject. I even have a, a friend and business partner actually who has developed a small online product that you can actually buy that prepares people to uh, work from home and gives them the tools and the tips to do that. In terms of tools, um, think Microsoft Teams, Slack, Skype, Zoom, Google Hangout, Office 365, Google G Suite, they all have collaboration tools uh, like for example multiple people editing a worksheet at the same time. There are also other collaboration tools like Mural.co for ideation and innovation so you can even run design sprints and design thinking uh, sessions uh, online. Keep in mind there are some unwritten rules for video conferencing from home. I'll share a link with you from CNN on the matter. Violet adds that it's important we not only provide staff with tools that help them to emotionally navigate this time, but also to look after ourselves and lead by example. 
We can control how we start our day. We can control what thoughts we allow into our mind. We can control how we fuel ourselves. And the best thing that we can do at times like this is focus only on what we can control. What leaders can do to keep business open and employed and the economy running is give their team members tools to help them with their inner state and work on their inner state as well. Because if a leader is in fear, they should not be leading. I once heard a quote, something about he who is the most calm leads. And so it's really important for leaders to do the work themselves, to start a meditation practice, to do a ton of self-care so that they could be a light to their team. Leadership doesn't stop within your business. As we've talked about on this show in season one, there are two aspects of the business to remember. I mean, this is how I I divide it up, right? So you've got the internal aspect of your business. That's the culture of your business or organization. And then there's the outward perception of your business. That's your reputation, your brand. Karen Tisdall explains that LinkedIn is the key social media platform for leading discussion and sharing your ideas in your professional community. LinkedIn can help us to come together as business leaders and entrepreneurs during this time in a way that I don't feel any other platform can do. Um, LinkedIn is is not about being entertained. It's It's about people sharing what they're interested in professionally. And at this time when we're more yearning for connection and community than ever before, by putting your ideas out there on LinkedIn, by posting on LinkedIn and by people potentially um, reaching out and connecting with their old uh, contacts and um, people that they know, making sure that they're in contact. This is a great time to really bring people together. To start to facilitate online introductions, I think is a fantastic thing that business leaders could be doing where they could be looking through their network. Who do I know who works in this industry? And can I facilitate online introductions? So by online introductions, this is where you put two or more people into a message. But even if you just say, so I always do two. So one-on-one, just e-introducing you two to each other. You know, this is a time when people are really needing that connection and collaboration. And business leaders can really set a precedent for bringing people together to connect and to collaborate. They can also post their own ideas so that they can pull attention towards what it is that they're interested in. And by doing so, we will see increases in collaboration and potentially some amazing things invented during this time. I asked Floris to explain how brands can respond to their customers in an appropriate, meaningful and responsible way. In terms of brands, responsibly informing their customers and responding to their changing needs, let's start with a couple of points. Adjust your plans. If an organization has campaigns about to start, they should consider whether they are still relevant, important, appropriate, or even hitting your in- the intended target. The next point would be evaluate the messaging, the language, and the imagery. Is it still relevant? Is the tone appropriate? Are they posting pictures, for example, of large crowds promoting social contact? Another one, adapt the product offering. We have seen Telstra offer unlimited data to customers. Netflix in Italy has been asked to reduce the resolution of the content to unload some of the burdens on the network infrastructure. Microsoft is offering an expanded free plan for Teams, etc. 
For some, a simple change in payment terms to keep business going could prove very successful. Um, be transparent. Without capitalizing on the crisis, brands need to inform their customer base on what they're doing to keep their staff and customers safe, right? Such as, for example, in brick and mortar stores like Kohl's offering sanitizing wipes for the carts. Brands could share the changes to their policies, uh, return policies, online purchases, um, delivery hours, etc. Um, brands can inform their customers about their operating hours or whether there are some uh, stores that are closing down. In that messaging, be positive but realistic. Organizations should update customer expectations, yes. Next day delivery may not be possible, but at least online purchase and delivery is still available. You want organizations to communicate in a positive tone. They should, um, they should go back to the why or the purpose uh, of the organization and lean heavily on the uh, mission, value, and vision they have determined. They should be inspired by them again. They should use uplifting visuals, even if they're, even if it isn't their usual cup of tea. They should show the human side of the organization, and promote employee-generated content, like feel-good stories. Um, an example would be a tweet about a successful food delivery to an elderly couple two hours into the outback. Great stuff. Um, last one, I think they should make sure to highlight how brands can help. If their product is meant for home use, emphasize the benefits to the customers. If their product isn't relevant because of today's circumstances, they should make sure to inform their customers base of what they can do to remain safe or what their organization is doing to weather the storm. It might provide value and inspiration to people or other businesses. Remember, very important, the quarantine will not last forever. The crisis will end. We won't speculate as to when, but it too will pass as did the 2008 and 2009 GFC and subsequent recession. Did everyone get through it unscathed? I don't think so, but businesses and people got through. Lastly, I would recommend that brands, as I'm doing, start preparing for being an integral part of the recovery once this global pandemic has passed and is not of a, at risk of returning. Karen adds that LinkedIn can be a useful tool for new customer acquisition as well, but it's important to be respectful and appropriate with the way you reach out and connect with others. I think there are so many opportunities on LinkedIn to develop new relationships in this time. I can't emphasise enough the importance of going gently, gently. You don't want to be reaching out to people who you've never spoken to on LinkedIn before and saying, you know, hi, I noticed that you're in the travel industry and I happen to be an insolvency lawyer, let's talk. You know, that would just not be appropriate at all. Um, you know, it really is about not about, not about capitalising on this opportunity, on these this hard and, and difficult times, but it's about really building relationships. And if we put, put that connection and communication at the forefront and see LinkedIn as a channel, in which we can connect, we can communicate, and we can collaborate, and we can connect, communicate, and collaborate in so many different ways on platform. We can do that in group messaging. Um, you know, you could set all of your staff up on a group message and chat to each other, you know, share posts that each other's likes, that each other 
are interested in. You know, you can do gifts and all sorts of things. Uh, but you could also facilitate introductions to people who don't know each other. You can start posting and having a dialogue. Uh, you can start finding people that interest you. So having a play with the search buttons and finding people who you think, oh, they're posting really interesting ideas. You know, I'm following them and then saying, hi, you know, I'm liking quite a few of your posts. I wondered if we could connect here. So this is an amazing time to be connecting and communicating and collaborating. And I, I think the options are endless. And let's not, of course, forget the really important uh, voice messaging on LinkedIn. So not available on desktop, but on mobile. You can leave one minute messages for people just by going to your messages. And then on the bottom right hand side, you've got a little microphone, just click on that until the blue dot appears and you've got a one minute record. So a one minute voice recording function. So I think that's a really great tip for people to reach out to people uh, once they've connected and say, thanks for accepting my invite to connect. Um, just wanted to have a chat about what your interests are. Uh, I don't know how your work is at the moment, but let me know if you're up for a chat, maybe Tuesday afternoon or Thursday morning. You can leave messages like that. I think this is a really great time to be talking with people. So what could our new future of work look like? Will remote working become the norm? And if so, what would we need to do to prepare? Will travel go back to the way it was? Will business return to where they were before? Or will there be a long-lasting impact to the way we live, the way we work and the way we consume? These are issues we will continue to discuss throughout the series, but I'll leave you with some final comments from Floris and Violet on this matter. I think there will be lasting changes to the way people work. I think once people have gotten a taste of the freedoms of working from home, despite some of the challenges, you know, such as dealing with kids, the partners, the house duties, chores, etc., it will become the norm. We need to start thinking how we tax the environment less with our travels and our unhealthy habits. Look at your policies. They will all need to be updated if this way of working of today is to be the norm of tomorrow. I think it should be and it will be. Uh, look at the environmental impact over the last couple of weeks. Uh, nature is catching your breath. Satellite images show a reduction in toxic gases over manufacturing countries. How awesome is that? So remote working should be encouraged further. The time spent commuting could be spent by employees to manage their day and their lives better. Most people still commute alone in a car. Unless you're talking on the phone, it's basically dead time. Um, it can be used in so many different ways. I'm not advocating for complete and other lack of human contact. I'm just saying we need to rethink the workplace a bit more holistically for the new restructured society we will have. Importantly though, make sure employees and everyone just don't lose human connections. I think organizations have resisted the idea of distributed teams because either lack of trust in their employees or they don't have the infrastructure in place or think the tasks cannot be done remotely. But necessity is the mother of innovation, right? So if businesses can survive a crisis like a global pandemic with employees working remotely, it would not only prove to the naysayers that climate change is human-induced, as we've already seen, it will prove to the companies that they can trust their staff, that they can conduct their business with remote teams, and that life does carry on. One last warning, do not let this crisis pull you down, or force you into hibernation, or turn you into a recluse. Uh, 
Yes, we must follow the recommendations and guidelines and rules set out by the government, but we should not let this crisis take over from us or let ourselves be ruled by fear or by other people. I think we've been taking a lot for granted. You know, I think this is a time of a mass awakening for us as a humanity. It's our evolution. Uh, you know, as human beings, we are always evolving, and this is the next level of evolution. As much as the internet connected a lot of us, we were also very disconnected from our nature and from our true self. And so I believe that this is an opportunity where so many of us, it's like survival of the fittest, will start utilizing these practices and, and be, making them part of our day and part of the way that we show up. So even once this passes, we will have evolved so much as a human species that I don't think anything will ever go back to normal. And that is good news. A big thank you once again to all our experts involved in helping to put today's show together. Again, if you want to find out more about what these guys do and how they can help, check out the show notes. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Floris Block actually is the co-host of his own podcast as well. It's called the Frontline Sales and Marketing Podcast, and I highly recommend checking it out. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.